Life changes when you make yourself a priority and when you choose to take responsibility for your happiness and healing. By listening to this podcast, you'll learn about adoption from all sides of the adoption triad and you'll walk away with self-healer tools so that you know how to adopt yourself and transform your life by accepting, choosing, unconditionally loving, and prioritizing you. You don't have to be an adoptee to adopt yourself. Anyone can do it. And remember, adoption doesn't happen overnight and neither does adopting yourself. So practice patience and self-compassion and message me if you have any questions or desire guidance. Thank you for listening. I love you. so grateful and honored to be recording again. Woohoo! It has been a solid five-month hiatus of me not recording this podcast. And wow, a lot has happened in five months. It's challenging to even think of where to begin, of what to say, besides... I am so grateful to be here right now, to be right here right now. I am so grateful to experience this beautiful day that I've had, and I am so grateful to breathe clean air. I am so grateful to consume clean water and to consume food that nourishes my body. I am so grateful for each and every one of you being alive at the same time that I am so that we can share this beautiful life experience together. gratitude and grieving and connecting to a power greater than myself have been the most important things in my life the past five months. Every day when I rise, I put one hand on my chest and one hand on my belly Sometimes I hug myself and just give myself a squeeze, tell myself I love myself. But I cradle myself, I tenderly hold myself back into this earth plane with gratitude, with love. And then I say my morning prayers. And I am always grateful for this day, this new miraculous day. And I pray throughout every single day. And prayers have transformed my life. Gratitude has transformed my life. A deeper gratitude practice than I've ever held before these past five months is what has kept me buoyant. It has been what has allowed me to really see, feel, and experience joy in the mundane. And buoyancy has been such a big priority for me emotion being emotionally and mentally buoyant is allowing yourself to fully feel what you are feeling and experiencing while making sure you are consciously aware and using tools to not have you fall down into a depression or rise up into too high of a high through neuroses. Now, the past five months, I have definitely hit depressions. I have definitely hit high highs from being completely neurotic. 
And that's the beautiful experience of this human life is the roller coasters. Now, I don't need to explain what's happened the past five months between May and September 20th, 2020. We've all been living in this interesting realm, this interesting earth plane right now. It has been so tragic, but it has brought beauty to the simplicity of life. These big, huge shifts have awakened me to a deeper meaning and appreciation of life. In May, my brother and I started to plant a garden for our family. And in the days leading up to George Floyd's murder, I was tilling the soil. And I was tilling the soil and thinking, wow, there's a lot of roots in here. I wonder last time someone actually tilled this soil. It was probably over 20 years ago, maybe longer. And in that contemplation, I realized what was unfolding, what was about to unfold, what is continuing to unfold in this year 2020 we are tilling the soil of humanity we are digging up any roots that are related to anything that isn't serving us that isn't bringing us together in unity so if you think about it racism is, has existed for a very long time. That doesn't serve humanity in involvement, healing, or liberation, which is why it's at the forefront right now. Government systems have not been supporting the involvement, healing, or liberation of humanity, which is why we are seeing them crumble right now. And I know that the word crumble, when it comes to speaking about the government, might give you a little bit of an activation, so let me be a little clearer. We have the resources on this planet to provide each and every human being with clean water, with food to nourish their bodies in abundance and with clean, safe shelters. But do we do that? No. The government systems aren't the only ones that need change. It's all of the systems and paradigms within our society that have allowed for this type of inhumane behavior to occur. There is no reason why one human being should be homeless. Yet there are millions of our brothers and sisters and non-conforming siblings homeless on the street. One of my biggest concerns with this pandemic, this outbreak, this safer at home, this lockdown, whatever you would like to refer to this COVID-19 craziness 
is everyone's mental health. My concern is the actual second wave, which is the mental health of all human beings suddenly not being as healthy as it was. People have less resources right now. They have less income right now. And unfortunately, not everyone has the tools to deal with how to find joy and gratitude and how to stay stable and buoyant and... It's just really upsetting to me that our human species has allowed for us to get to a point of where we are now. In so many aspects, climate change as well. And as all of these systems and things have been, we've been tilling the soil, just tilling the soil, all these different things. And as the election is coming up in America, more things will be unfolding. They already have been. And where I find peace is in accepting. The most sacred thing in life is what is. The more we're able to accept everything just as it is, the more we're able to accept ourselves just as we are, the more we're able to accept all situations and circumstances for being just what they are, the more freedom we will be able to have in our lives, the more we will be able to focus on joy on love, on seeing, feeling, experiencing, giving and receiving love. That is what ignites and fuels our existence is love and joy. And I pray that all beings everywhere experience more joy and love. And may their lives be met with ease and grace. So what has taught me the most and supported me in this transformation these last five months is giving myself permission to grieve. I have been faced with every single fear I have ever experienced the fear of feeling these last five months. And that's what fear really is. It's the fear of feeling. It's also the false evidence appearing real. Our beautiful minds are designed and wired to see what is wrong in situations, to see what is wrong in people, what we perceive as wrong. It's basically seeing rooms for improvement in all different ways. And what happens is, where was I going? I completely just blinked. Ah, that's hilarious. <laughs> I was thinking so much about what I was saying that I wasn't realizing what I was actually saying. Oh, that's funny as hell. 
I would replay, but no, I'm just going to keep going because letting go of my perfectionism, and I know that the thought will come back to me in a moment. <laughs> okay. I just got hot and take my robe off. All right. Where was I going with that? Fear of feeling. There we go. Leaving all of this in because I have an unedited life. Therefore, all of my content creation will remain unedited. So, fear of feeling. Now, false evidence appearing real. So, in life, we have different circumstances coming our way. We think, all right, one day, someone I love will pass away. Death is inevitable. We have a fear of feeling what we might feel when we are confronted with that circumstance actually being real. So what fear is, is false evidence appearing real because our mind is wired to get us prepared for what might come. Yet our human self, instead of just having the conscious awareness of, oh, my mind is just wired and it's just doing this, our human selves attach onto it and think, oh my God, is that going to happen? When is that going to happen? What am I going to do? How can I, how can I change it? Can I prevent it from happening? And you're just in this little spiral in your own head. Now this happens to all humans. <laughs> and that has been happening that in the beginning of this pandemic that happened to me more. And I realized, oh, Allie, you're letting yourself spin out. What's going on? And that's when I really came to let go. I was like, all right, I have fear of abandonment popping up. Why do I have fear of abandonment popping up? Oh, because I want to control my loved ones not passing away one day. Is that one day here right now? No. Is this COVID outbreak making me think that day might come sooner? Yeah. <laughs> Is at the time, yeah. Now I'm just so detached to it. But at the time, I definitely thought, all right, it's a possibility. It might happen sooner. Is it happening now? No. Do I need to worry about it now? No. Do I have confidence in myself that I know how to deal with it if that were to ever happen? Yes. And then I was able to shift through it and move through it and actually move through fear and let go of fear. When, but you, do, let me rephrase that. I don't believe humans can ever actually let go of fear. I feel that humans can lessen the amount of fear they experience through conscious awareness, through continuous inner engagement practices. However, fear is always coming back up. It's just in our DNA. We used to be out foraging for breakfast for getting blueberries, and a tiger would come around the corner. We would go into fight or flight mode. Like, that's in our DNA. We're just now in a modern time that's it's different. But how do you move through fear? And for me, what has helped the most was really just dissecting it for what it was. So let's take fear of abandonment, for instance. Fear of abandonment, uh, it's a great one for adoptees. <laughs> As 
a lot of adoptees that I have interacted with have said that they have this fear. For me, I can only speak for myself. So the work I have done around my fear of abandonment has been really dissecting what it is. Abandoned. When did I feel abandoned? When I was separated from my birth mother. Was that actual abandonment or was that me being given as a sacred gift to a family? And I've been able to shift my belief more around what abandonment really was, at least in that circumstance. Now, that took a lot of time for me to move through that type of healing. I'm happy to share more about it if anyone has questions about that specific one. But when I came to dissecting fear of abandonment more, I thought, all right, death is inevitable. Impermanence is real. People will pass. People will exit my life at times, whether it's friendships fizzling out, whatever it may be. Why is abandonment something that has been coming up over and over and over and over and over again my entire life? And I realized it was because I kept abandoning myself. And every time I did it, I chose to do it because I thought it was for the greatest good of the group I was in, or I wanted to be accepted by someone, or I wanted to get a, get the job. I wanted to get the job done. I wanted the client to be happy. I wanted whatever it was. It was me prioritizing someone else over myself. And in the moment, not just prioritizing someone else over myself, but me actually abandoning my truth. Me not, I, me not, stating to myself or to whomever else that I was shifting from my truth, from myself to then be a chameleon into whatever people pleasing I was doing. So once I was able to really dissect that more, I thought about how many times I actually abandoned myself and why I kept doing it. And it comes down to the basic human fundamental needs of love and agreement. And I kept wanting to be accepted. I kept wanting agreement. I kept wanting to be accepted because I didn't accept myself. I wasn't being true to who I really was, who I really am, because I kept chasing acceptance and love from other people instead of giving it to myself first. Now the past four years, I have been on this journey of introspection, this deep healing journey with myself. Two years ago, I felt that I finally found true love for myself. The past six months, I have surrendered so deeply to myself that I had no idea I could have this type of a relationship with myself or this type of a relationship with a power greater than me. And I did it. I moved through it because I faced fear head on. And it started with fear of abandonment. It then moved into fear of rejection. It then moved into, let's see what else. Fear of rejection has been coming up a lot lately. Uh, it then moved into fear of being seen. 
fear of success. And these have all been things that I've been aware of, but I've really just, it's like I hit a brick wall with each and every one of them the past five months. And I kept moving through it. Yes, of course, I let fear of abandonment totally take over my life for two solid weeks of me being a complete control freak and thinking that I could figure out a way to beat this virus and to still listen to mainstream media at the time, which was crazy. So if if any of you are listening to mainstream media, I highly suggest you think about what you're consuming because it's fear-based tactics, and I'll be getting into a whole episode on trauma-based mind control on, a, on another section, on another podcast. Um, but I, I was feeding the fear. So like I would turn on mainstream media, or I would Google, or I would jump on Twitter to see what was happening around the country, to see what else was going on, and I kept feeding my fear. I kept bringing the fear of abandonment closer to me but it wasn't there. And the more I really sat with and actually embodied the fact that I kept abandoning myself for the past 32 years of my life, I dug deeper into the why. I dug deeper into the, damn, do I still not feel worthy? And it's one of those things that we don't heal overnight. You don't take a pill and you're suddenly, oh my God, my life is amazing now. I don't have any worry. I don't have any anxiety. I don't have any fear. I don't, it's just all love and light. Bullshit. Healing is a lifelong commitment. And no matter how many toxic patterns and things I have shifted from and out of, sometimes they pop back. No matter how courageous I may be or feel or someone may interpret me as, I still question my worth at times. That's because I've been doing it for so long. And the more I commit to loving myself, the more I commit to letting go, the more I see my worth, just not as a human, as a spirit, as a being of love, as a being of light. And this time, these past five months have really shown me so much of why I wouldn't fully commit to things. And I know a lot of adoptees relate to this as well. So much of why I'd procrastinate. So much of why I'd let perfectionism get the best of me. And I'd be lying if I said I'm able to let go of all of that. But what I am committed to is continuing to move through it all and to continuing to focus on progress over perfectionism. And with all that's unfolding on this planet of ours, 
it is so important for us to focus on our mental and emotional and spiritual progress. To know that there will be days where we take a huge step forward and there will be days that we take 10 steps back and to be okay with it, to not be hard on ourselves about it, to just let it be and accept it for what it is, accept ourselves for who we are, accept ourselves for how we showed up in the past and just accept it all. Besides facing fear head on and besides, yeah, besides facing fear head on the past five months, the most, what has helped me in doing that has been to surrender to a power greater than myself. Now, a power greater than you can mean anything. It can be love. It can be light. It can be God. It can be source. It can be creator. It can be Jesus. It can be Moses. It can be Allah. It could be whoever. But it's important that if you haven't done it yet, and this is, yes, I am telling you to do this, create a deeper connection with a power greater than yourself. Because when you create a deeper connection with a power greater than yourself, you will see, feel, and experience more freedom, and you will see, feel, and experience more stability. And with that, you'll be able to focus your energy on other things more. You'll be able to, to actually surrender. I wasn't able to surrender until I really trusted that a power greater than me existed and that it had my back and that it had everyone's back for the greatest good of all involved. And that it's not just one thing. My connection with spirit has deepened so incredibly much. And I'm in a place where I used to let fear of rejection stop me from sharing about my connection to spirit. And as I've been contemplating more the past five months of like my progress in adopting myself, what was challenging for me was the stage of actually really adopting my resistance to God and of me surrendering to accept that there are powers greater than me, that I'm not in control. I'm just here to learn. And for me, it's been important to move through the fear of rejection of, okay, Allie, you're going to record a podcast and you're going to talk about God. That might annoy people, that might activate people, that might have people roll their eyes, but it's my truth. And I must continue to honor and respect my truth. And my truth is that if I didn't have the connection that I have now to God, to spirit, to source, 
I don't know where I would be mentally or emotionally in this year, 2020. Because with all that's unfolding, all that's happening, I have to trust that there is light because I feel that I am the light. But I have to trust that this is all divinely written. Because there's no other option for me. If I were to sit here and contemplate about the whys and the hows and the meaning and understanding to the Republicans or the Democrats or all these things of where was COVID really started, all of these loopholes and just literal brain spirals, rabbit holes that I could get into. But I choose to surrender. I choose to say, you know what? This is what we're faced with physically right now. How do I choose to move through it? And I choose to be the light. I choose to dance with my darkness. I choose to dance with my shadows. And at the same time, I choose to surrender, to let go of control. And letting go of control has been hands down one of the hardest things for me to do as I have been a control freak my entire life I'm an Aries and I am definitely a type A personality and uh, these past few months I've really just let go I let go of wanting things to be different I let go of wanting to be in Tulum instead of in LA I let go of wanting to be with other friends instead of with my family I let go of wanting something different than what I currently had in the physical in the mental in the emotional and the power of letting go the power of surrendering is supported and assisted by a connection to God, a connection to source, a connection to spirit, a connection to something greater than you. And that something something that's greater than us that binds us all together is love. The God that I connect with is different than the God someone else connects with. No two people have the same relationship with God. No two people believe in the same God. That's why I've always had such challenges with religion is because it's all such a unique connection we have, yet religion brings us into community, and community is what we seek because of love and agreement. And when we're in community, we then feel more safe and more home and more stable. Yet the downside of religion is that sometimes we think that because someone else disagrees with us or has a different view that one of us is right and one of us is wrong. And as individuals, we all want to be right. (laughs) And so much of the reason why I have incarnated here is to bring people together, regardless of your background, regardless of your identity. I'm here to bring more harmony, more love, and more unity to our planet. And part of that is by me sharing about my connection to a source greater than myself, to a power greater than myself. 
the spirit and the source and the God that I connect with on a daily basis has no nothing to do with religion. I love religion for its traditions. I love religion for its sense of community. But religion and religious people also need to evolve into unity. Now let's jump on the last thing as I get, get off on these fun little tangents. <laughs> grieving. Grieving, grieving, grieving. Let's see. Today is September 20th. Beautiful sacred Sunday. I had the honor of going to a little drive-by shofar sounding at our temple. And yesterday, as I was watching high holiday service, Rosh Hashanah services, live streamed on YouTube, I was thinking of how badly I would love to be standing shoulder to shoulder in synagogue. And I immediately just started crying. I started grieving. I started, I began to accept that that just wasn't what it was this high holiday season. That's not what it will be next weekend with Yom Kippur. That I'm not sure when that will happen again. I'm not sure when I will be able to hug my rabbi, that it's been my rabbi for 20 years. And I realized it would have been great for me to have fully embraced those moments and appreciated those moments even more when they did exist. But it also gives me space to accept what is and to find joy in what is. To find joy in having those moments, even if it was only for like a few minutes, but to still physically be in one another's biofields even if I was in a car and the rabbi was on the sidewalk and I was wearing a mat, like whatever it was, it was still sacred. Even in the times that we aren't physically together, we are together and it is still sacred. And so yesterday, I really moved through a lot of grieving surrounding that not being in synagogue, not being physically shoulder to shoulder with a community. And that that's been what I've been craving the most is being shoulder to shoulder with community, hugging people for minutes at a time. And I'm grateful that I have my soul tribe that we have had hugs for minutes at a time over this course. But it saddens me to think of how many humans haven't had that connection of how many humans are craving to be back in temple or church or synagogue to have that experience again. And as I was watching and witnessing and consuming the beautiful, beautiful service that our temple put together, I just started bawling. I was letting myself grieve not just grief for myself, but grief for the communities, grief for all Jews who are watching Temple at Home, grief for the Jews who don't have access to that, 
grieve for the people who didn't, who passed and didn't have someone to say Kaddish for them. Grieve for every life that has been impacted by COVID-19. Grieve for the passing of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Grieve for the Democrats and Republicans pointing fingers at one another and creating greater polarization instead of us coming together as one country. Grieve for the life that was. And I have realized, as I have been grieving the past few months, as I have been grieving that I am 32 years old and I have chosen to be single for almost two years, grieving that I am without a partner right now and that I thought I'd have a baby at this by the time I got this age, grieving accepting and finding love and joy in what is. And as I've been grieving more, I have understood that I was so hesitant about grieving because I was so fearful of depression. And there's definitely a chance I already talked about this in the past 30 minutes, but let's pretend like I haven't and I'm just gonna go for it again. I know I re-recorded at least one of these. Uh, I definitely shared about Eden earlier in this episode. It has to have been this episode. And I'm keeping it in here because I'm not editing shit. Uh, But letting ourselves grieve isn't something we're taught. So many times in life, someone passes away... We have a few days here or there to move through it. That's not enough time. I've been grieving the passing of my best friend, Eden, for six years. And it gets easier over time, but it's still, just thinking of her, it still feels like it was yesterday. And I realized I didn't let myself grieve because I didn't want things to be true. I didn't want to accept. I didn't want to accept that she was gone in this physical realm. I didn't want to accept that a really important relationship to me completely fizzled a year ago. Someone who really meant a lot to me. Two relationships that really meant a lot to me completely fizzled in the last year. I didn't really grieve them. I just kept moving on. So the past five months, I have really been focused on what have I been holding on to? Where Have I been holding on to any resentment anywhere? Any anger? Any resentment against myself or other people or other situations, any anger towards myself or others. And I was grieving things from over 12 years ago because that's what needed healing. That's what needed to come up. 
and these things didn't come up in the past four and six years, four and a half years that I've really been focused on my journey because I wasn't ready for it then. Things come to you when you're ready for them. Things come to us when we want them or not, either consciously or subconsciously. And I have been hesitant to share publicly about what's been going on for me with my biological families as um, I'm uncertain if my biological mother listens to this podcast. As I have said many times and as I will continue to say, the last thing I ever want to do is hurt her in any capacity. But that's been a lot of my grieving. Is grieving that her and I don't have the strong relationship that I would love to have with her. That I, it is so beautiful and so unique that we do have communication with one another. Yet the little communication that we do have wasn't enough for me. And I have learned to really lean in and practice detachment these last five months. And it's something that I'm committed to practicing more and more and more of is letting go, accepting everything just as it is, accepting others just as they choose to show up and knowing that I have no control in how anyone chooses to show up. I, have, I am powerless over people, places, and things. And no matter how badly I would love to have a better relationship with my birth mother, I don't. And how can I accept that? A lot of what's also been coming up for me is uh, just mother wound in general surrounding my adoption and surrounding also other aspects of my family. But I realized in all of this inner engagement, all this contemplation and meditation that I was trying to control or trying to protect situations and people because I was trying to mother them. I thought I knew what was best. And this relates back to fear of abandonment as well that I already touched on earlier, but I thought I knew best, or actually just controlling. Um, And I kept trying to mother people because I desired to be mothered. I desired to be nurtured and nourished and cared for greater than I had but for me if I were to look for that externally I wouldn't get the validation that I actually need so another practice that I've been really engaged with lately has been mothering myself nurturing myself caring for myself being tender with myself And knowing that I can mother me and I'm the only person for me to mother right now. 
And that one day, God willing, I will have the honor to mother another human. But I kept searching for that mothering by trying to control instead of asking for the help, for the nourishment, for the mothering that I needed myself. Because I didn't want to show vulnerability. I didn't want to show how fragile I really was or have been or am. I wanted to be perfect. But I already am. I am perfectly imperfect. And the practices of mothering myself have really just brought ease and comfort and I'm so grateful that 2020 has been exactly what it has been for me because it has gifted me a mirror greater than any mirror I've ever seen in my life it has gifted me time to look in this mirror, to really, really, really look at it for what it is, to be able to dissect all that I see in the mirror, all of the fears, all of the limiting beliefs, all of the questions of worthiness, all of the blockages I put up for myself And to really just look at it, see it for what it is, and learn to accept it as being just that. Self-acceptance is one of the greatest gifts you can give to yourself. The less you try to change who you are and the more you are able to accept who you are then you will be able to grow even faster and stronger. But if you keep thinking about changing who you are, you might change, but would it be forever? When you accept exactly where you are for being exactly where you are, you can take that next step forward. And one of the final things that I feel called to share is to anyone else who's out there that is not in partnership right now, you're not alone. To anyone else whose love language is quality time together and physical touch, I feel you. <laughs> this has been challenging. And although I have been dating myself the past two years, nearly two years, which is crazy to me that that's when, wow. Um, this time to myself, this time of dating myself has allowed for me to not settle. It has allowed for me to see my worth, to not only see my worth, but feel it, embrace it, and honor it for being there, 
honor myself. And these past almost two years have really just allowed for me to create a relationship with a power greater than myself. And that's the most important relationship to me. For me, my number one relationship is my relationship with God. My number two relationship is my relationship with myself. And if, if this past two years played out differently, I wouldn't have been able to embody that relationship with God to then lead me to where I am today. People will come and go. Some people are in our lives for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. But you are always here. And God is always here. So let those two relationships be your priority. With those, you will feel more stable. You will feel more safe, more secure, and more free. And you will see more miracles, more magical moments unfold before your eyes. Trust me, I have seen it happen for myself and others. So in closing with this fun, beautiful, looping around rant, (laughs) give yourself permission to grieve. Know that life is a roller coaster. We will have depressive moments. We will have high moments. But it's important to use tools to come back to center, to use journaling, to use breath work, to use meditation, to use reaching out to a friend, to use support groups to come back to center, to stay buoyant. And gratitude lists have really transformed my life. The past few years, gratitude practice multiple times a day has helped so much. And especially with all that's unfolding right now, with what's about to be unfolding just planetarily, um, a lot of things are coming up for us. Anchor in. Anchor into Mother Earth. Plant some plants or a garden and what a practice that I do every single day is first thing in the morning... I dance. I dance to any song. I dance like an idiot. I dance naked. And I just dance my heart out. And then I go into the garden and I smell the tomato leaves. And then I ground down in Mother Earth. I walk barefoot on Mother Earth thanking her. And I brush my hands in the dirt. Um just fully embracing her. I send her Reiki. And another fun thing that's been happening is ever since I began planting and gardening, I started to find crystals. They've been coming to me. I've been finding these gorgeous crystals that uh, are polished crystals, and they just appear in the garden. 
and I think fairies are dropping him off because I'm uncertain of what else they're here for. But I do, I have been meditating on it and I've gotten guidance from uh, guides and ancestors that they will be used in healing ceremonies and that I need to hold on to them and that when I start traveling again, to take them with me and I will be instructed of when to use them and how to place them in grid different parts of the world. So go dig up, go sift your hands through some dirt and see what you're able to find and let yourself feel fully, fully feel every emotion that comes up for you. Every single emotion is valid. Every single emotion is there to teach you and help you heal more and help you become stronger. Even if it doesn't feel like it will help you become stronger, it will. And if you're adoptee, feel free to join our adoptee support group every Tuesday at 5.30 p.m. You can join from anywhere in the world. And with this, I bid you adieu. May you surrender to trust what is. May you find joy in the mundane. And may you accept yourself just as you are. We are all in this together, friends. We may not be physically together, but we are in this together. And the light has prevailed. There's a lot of darkness unfolding right now, and that's because we need to experience the death cycles. We must experience the death cycles so that we can birth a new world together, a world for, full of beauty and harmony and love and respect and appreciation. And that's what's happening been receiving those messages and meditation and I'll be sharing that in a bigger post uh, later share bigger post later share of uh, what's been coming to me in meditations as I have been hesitant to share it because just caring about what other people think of me but letting go of that more and more every day and just being completely raw and real, transparent Allie Jameson because that's who I am and I'm not hiding shit from anyone anymore and here I am just creating, just sharing. I'll be sharing many, many more tools, especially surrounding healing for adoptees and I am excited that I will be announcing soon when my book will be out. And until then, as I've said multiple times before, I am just so grateful to be right here right now, to have this shared moment with you, and for us to evolve and heal together as we liberate ourselves more, as we find, see, feel, experience, give and receive more unconditional love, to ourselves and to others. I love you very much. Thank you for being here with me. And until next time, I love you. Have a beautiful, beautiful day. And remember, you are loved. You are needed. And I love you.